This is Geek 4, a podcast about fans, fandom, and fan culture. I'm Dr. Michael Boyce. Everyone likes something, but what are you a geek for? My guest today is David Falk. David is a mediator, a conflict management specialist. He's spoken at TEDx Winnipeg, and he's an all-around amazing human being. He's been a stalwart supporter of the podcast, and he's usually one of the first people I hear from when a new episode drops. He's my great friend, and when he messaged me over the holidays and said, I found the thing I'm a geek for, I knew I had to have him on the show. David, welcome to Geek 4. Hey, thank you so much, Michael. Real pleasure to be here. Now, you have commented that you're a bit surprised you're on this podcast. Totally. (laughs) Can you say something about that, please? Yeah, well, for starters, um, part of what I'm thrilled of uh, listening to the pod, one, is I get to hear your voice during the pandemic. So that's just just plain sweet. We have Um, not hung out much. Exactly, at all. Um, but the, the, the cool thing is that for me, it helps fill in a bunch of missing information in my life because I grew up with like such little cultural inputs, like profoundly little, um, grew up on the bush on Vancouver Island. We had like a channel and a half of staticky TV. I believe other people did have cable and satellites and stuff like that, but not us. We had like this black and white box that lasted until I was maybe seven. So I have some childhood memories of like Friendly Giant and Beachcombers. So you got CBC. (laughs) Walt Disney World. And around age seven is when our TV broke and was moved into the attic and never replaced. And so by the time I graduated from high school, my cultural exposure to movies was three, two very sketchy Christian, you know, sit in the basement and get your pants scared off of you from some evangelical movie and slap shot of all movies that I ever saw um, while I was out with some camp friends. That was my one experience of actually going to a movie theater, right? And so I've just been loving the pod because it gives me this kind of deep dive into all these different fandoms and worlds that completely were foreign to me growing up as a kid. Like even Star Wars, right? I'm of the vintage that Star Wars came out. I knew it was in the drive-in theaters as a kid. And uh, I had some oh, playing cards, Star Wars playing cards that I bummed off friends because we'd play cards in the covered, you know, hardtop area in school where you fling cards and try to, you know. And so I would borrow, bum a couple cards, be it hockey cards or Star Wars cards. And that was kind of the total exposure of Star Wars to me was these little cards, right? A picture on a piece of cardboard was what you exactly. knew of Star Wars. Oh. Exactly. Throwing them against a concrete wall and trying to get more of them, collect them that way, right? So it's been a delight to kind of just see and hear and learn of the, all these different kind of things that some of them, of course, by this point in my life, I've watched, but other things are like completely novel to me. And I've never really been a geek for anything. And that's been kind of something that has been always part of my, honestly, identity of going like, I've never really followed a professional sports team, even though I like sports. I've never Mm -hmm. really done this. And then suddenly this winter, I'm like, I figured it out. I'm a geek for this thing I do. This is totally geeky. So here I am. This is hilarious to me because I I knew that about you. I knew that you Mm -hmm. you you kind of pop culturally, you were very isolated on Vancouver Island. But you are somebody with deep passions. Like you like sports. You play basketball, or you you did yeah. pre-pandemic every yeah. Thursday night. You 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 do that. Thursday and um, Saturday. Your 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 um, adventures on the on the open seas. Uh, kiteboarding, <laughs> kite kitesurfing. Yeah. Like you get super enthusiastic about those things, and you throw yourself in full 
body to these passions that you love. So I was so glad when you admitted that you were a geek for what we're going to talk about today, because I'm like, yeah, David has the geeky tendencies. And I mean, that's yes, really, <laughs> it's really what I want the, you know, as the podcast grows and, and look at different areas and talking to people who might be guests, I'm really trying to expand the idea of geekdom to be, you know, something, something more. So David, talk to me about your ice trees. Sure. So as uh, you and I both know, we live in Winnipeg and it's cold and freezes for like half the year. At least nine months. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so having not grown up in this environment, I grew up in a place where you'd be lucky to get two days of pond hockey before you break through and get a booter. Um, the idea of it being this cold for so long is still relatively novel and also pretty horrendous some days. And so if you can't beat it, join it is my thinking. And so it's cold. What can you do with cold? You can freeze stuff. And uh, so I have been making these ice, what I call ice trees. Essentially, they are triangles of ice that are uh, upwards of six and a half, seven feet tall and uh, four to six inches thick. And I freeze them. I'll put them on my front yard as decoration and uh, throw some lights on them. And I call it ice art. And I get a little obsessive. I've had up to 36 of them on my front yard uh, of, you know, the whole forest. They're absolutely stunning. Yeah. You've been, you've been doing this for years. Like I'm trying to remember back, like you and your wife throw this party every, every Christmas in between Christmas and New Year's. Yeah. And for the past, it's gotta be six or seven years. Yeah. I, the other day in prepping for this, I went back through iPhoto and it was kind of scrolling like when did my ice trees first show up? And I think it's 2008. Okay. So okay. Around 12 years that I've been wow. doing these uh, things. That long. And, and it's really interesting to me as somebody who, you know, often shows up at your house um, in the winter that each year, like you get a new idea and you expand it. Like, you know, what are some of the innovations? Cause originally they were just triangles. Yeah. Yeah, it started off, and and again, I need to give credit to the source of, I didn't invent this thing. No. Uh, like most things you you steal and borrow and all that good stuff, right? Yes. So uh, there's a, a neighbor um, one street back from us that had around 13 years ago, a single um, little ice triangle in their front yard that was maybe three, three and a half feet tall and it looked really cool. It's just, I'd never seen anything like it. And um, she was the head of the Montessori program that my kid had gone to. So take my kid on my arm because I, Hey, that's your dick, you know, ticket in. I'm like, knock yeah. on the door. I'm like, I love what you've got here. How'd you do that? And found <laughs> push, out from push her the that, child away. <laughs> exactly. Well, actually, I think I coached Noah to actually ask the question and Noah's ah. like this nonverbal kid on the autism spectrum that's near and dear to everyone's hearts. So it's like, I'm going to get you know, a full story if I use Noah as a, as my doorway in. Everyone loves Noah. And uh, and she you know, relayed the story to me that her friend from outside the city had come into town, stayed with her and did this with her. It's a little you know, little art project. And it's a woman by the name of Sherry uh, Routley. And I'm like, that's really cool. Um, so yeah, that's where it started. It was just making a simple triangle out of ice. And I just started making them bigger for starters. And then it's like, what else can you do with them? Well, you can put food coloring into them. That's cool. And it's like, well, I didn't have food coloring one year. And so I'm like, well, jello powder comes in colors. Does that work? <laughs> yeah, that worked too. It's like, <laughs> it's still made it a color. And 
That that's the year that the neighbor kids started licking them, though, right? Them, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and the edible uh, edible art. Yeah, and I one year I thought well, instead of putting lights on it, how about if I put lights in it? That was the one I was like, David thinks differently than I do. I mean, you are my handy friend. You you are somebody who you know you see a a, a challenge and you will go in and you know, fix it. And you know, you I are not, stuff, yeah. you build stuff. And as somebody who is decidedly not handy, um, you just see the world differently than me. And I would never think to put electricity in frozen water. And yes. yet you did. And it looked amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was really cool. Oh, that one, uh, that one was a, a very successful experiment. It was tricky because you know, the lights kept on floating out of the ice. Um, so I had to like freeze an inch and a half of ice and then lay down the lights on it and spray water on it to freeze it in place. And then on a really, really cold night, add more water and slowly kind of build up and, you know, buried in the ice. So there's way more, you know, if one is willing to pay a bit of money for proper lighting, there's way more efficient ways of doing it. But I'm also very cheap. So I tend to kind of work with what do I got and how can I work with this, right? Um, so yeah, I did that. Um, you know, those little, I think they're called orbits or whatever, those little things that you put in water and a little um, like grains and then they expand into yeah. balls. Yeah. 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 So uh, I did that one year. <laughs> I took a bunch of these orbits and uh, I filled, put them in a bucket in the house until they got decent size. And then again, I put them into a half made tree, spread them out. And once they got frozen in place, I poured more water on top. So this tree had, instead of a Christmas tree with balls on it, it has little Christmas trees with balls in it. So That's yeah, I've done a, a bunch of things over the years. Some different shapes. Um, uh, used the garbage can lid one year to make a giant big ice medallion that I hung from a ribbon off the tree until the wind blew it into the tree and it broke. But um, uh, And then I started lifting them and putting these uh, things onto stumps so they actually look more like trees. And so you have this six and a half, seven foot tall um, ice triangle that is sitting on top of a 16 inch stump or something like that. Because it always kind of a bug me of going, you know, snow falls and then the bottom foot of the ice is, is lost. Visible. Yeah. It's lost. So I'm, I'm trying to elevate my game and you know keep it visible for longer. So so do you just cut like a like a little edge in the in the stump and put the put no the... no I just again just using what I got right. I happen to have stumps sitting around my fire pit out front, and so I just lift it onto the stump and oh. then freeze it down with a little bit of slush. That's brilliant. Yeah. They, I, they tend I love to, it. They tend to fall a little bit quicker in spring because yeah. the stump dark, you know, the darkness of the wood melts things faster than the mm -hmm. actual, you know, ground around it. Uh, but that's all part of the fun is you build this art and then it lasts hopefully um, throughout the winter months. And then in spring, you get this whole new experience as it erodes. Yeah. And the melt is just fascinating to see how these things become paper thin and any fracture lines kind of melt at different rates. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a whole thing that it's so silly and it gives me so much joy, um, especially getting through kind of the dark winter depressing months. It's like Whoa. every morning I'm like, Oh, there's my trees. And every <laughs> night I'm like, there's my trees and I'm constantly kind of checking in on them. So. And, and this year it feels like we need that more and more, like, mm -hmm. you know, just, it's, it just, the, the, the darkness just see the, the darkness and the loneliness i mean the, the combination of the two yeah. um where we can't see friends we can't see each other yeah obviously this is a very visual conversation so what i'm going to do is i'm going to put with dave's permission i'm going to get uh photos and put them up on the geek for website so i'll put them 
I'll link them in the the episodes. So if you go to michaelwboyce.com backslash geek four, you'll you'll find them. And I'll put the the link in the show notes as well so you can easily access them. Uh, they're absolutely stunning. And we've talked mostly about the trees. I mean, you threw in the medallion, but a couple of years ago, you did this thing where you made these ice walls that you put around your fire pit. And oh, that's this, this year. That's, that's, that's uh, this year. That's a, that's a new one for this year. Oh yeah. yeah never did been done before. I've been sitting on this idea for a couple of years. And, I think it's uh, great. You know, the old saying, uh, go big or go home. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I inverted that saying this year going, I'm stuck at home. So I'm going big. Oh, big. And so this year, um, two things uh, are kind of the new novel developments. One is um, we had this big old elm tree that uh, got Dutch elm and had to be taken down. And me being me again, I'm like, I don't want to lose the architecture of this tree. Uh And so I negotiated with the city to, you know, keep as much of the trunk and major limbs as I could. To do that, I had to, you know, strip all the bark off of it. Then they came with their machines and took out the canopy, right? So I have this probably about a 30 foot um, trunk and kind of major branches that has this little lookout platform on it. And this year I, I built a giant ice tree. It's more like a pyramid. It's like 20 feet tall, um, wow. three-sided pyramid. And uh, each of the sides has like some, you know, wood structure going up it mm-hmm. um, that I've trimmed with some lights and then wrapped the whole thing with garden netting and wow. then sprayed it down with mist. And it's awesome because it, it, it so starts cool. off like the, this garden netting just gets thicker and thicker and thicker, right? So it starts off as kind of like this um, netting, uh, kind of like lace, if you will, to the point where it becomes a solid sheet, right? And so the whole thing glows blue because it's hollow in the inside, like up from the inside. So I have this like 20 foot triangle or triangles, this pyramid on one side of my property. On the other side of the property, I have this big old oak tree. And underneath that oak tree is where we have this fire circle. And around that fire circle this year, I have built a, <laughs> a wall of ice. Nice. Um, you know, I'm not sure if ice fort is really the right word for it. Um, but essentially, it's about a 18 to 20 foot circle um, that is um, uh, these panels of, so that are six and a half feet tall and about two feet to 18 inches in width. The first batch was two feet they're a little too heavy. So the second batch of them were 18 inches. They were still pretty heavy, uh, but it's a solid ice wall that rings um, that rings the fire pit. And uh, I'm nearly done. I have another four panels in molds waiting to be put up because I want it to be kind of like a seashell where you come in mm. through the spiral to spiral your way into it. So there isn't any actual opening. So it's a wonderful windbreak. Um, And again, you get lighting in it and you get a fire in it. And, and in this era of, uh, you know, social isolation, I've been kind of offering up my fire pit to, uh, you know, starting off with just kind of friends and contacts of mine of saying, bring your bubble down to enjoy a winter fire. So here's your invite, Michael, you know, bring your bubble down to the fire sometime, just make arrangements. Oh, that's and you lovely. can have this unique, crazy experience of having a fire being surrounded by walls of ice. Um, That's so cool. Pretty, literally cool. And warm. Yeah, yeah. It's sheltered <laughs> for the wind. Oh, yeah. One might think sitting amongst a fire, uh, sitting around ice isn't warm, but it's, it's not too bad. You no, know, it breaks the wind. I mean, the, the fire yeah. there would warm you up. Now, you have gotten some local 
attention because of these things. People drive by your house. I've been to your house where people like stop by just to look at them. What kind of attention have you gotten from, from Winnipeg media? Yeah. Well, it's kind of bonkers, right? It's like, I should really hustle and try to get more attention for my business for the way I make a living. But no, I, I get more exposure from my ice art than my actual business. Um, yeah, the, the best actually is not the media, but the informal. Mm. Uh, a couple of years ago, um, my neighbor got a ride home from the airport and, um, and with a cab, taxi cab driver. And uh, the cabbie's like, oh, where do you live? And he mentioned the address. And uh, the cabbie goes, oh, that's by the Ice Triangle place. <laughs> I'm like, you know you're starting to make Winnipeg famous when the cabbies know of your place that's because right. of your front yard display, right? That's so right. I, I've made oh. it into the cabbie chat. Awesome. But yeah, the free, the free press has been down here. Um, I got like a two-page feature article color <laughs> a couple of years back. Um, CBC's done a couple of interviews over the years on this. And then um, there's a couple of us that do this kind of stuff in Winnipeg, and we so slowly been finding each other, right? Uh, so like, there's this woman who does this most gorgeous ice garden, totally hmm. different style than what I do. Like I, I do construction, um, and you know I think it looks interesting, all that cool stuff. Um, but she's this whole level of detail of like cone flowers, where the cone is oh six to eight inch circle, and then petals, all of pure ice. Oh wow! And takes like clown balloons fills them up with water, wraps them around a pool noodle, freezes, remove the balloon, and you now got like this spiral of ice. And so she has this whole front yard garden display that is just absolutely incredible. So that she had some uh, some scale to her place this year and picked up uh, a tree mold from me so she can start adding triangles into her garden mix, right? You guys support each other. Exactly. I'm going to have to add a flower to my, to my forest or something like that. Uh, and then um, I think two years ago, um, this woman down the States at um, Jennifer Shade um, Hedberg, I believe is her name, uh, put together this book um, called uh, Ice Luminary Magic, 28 Projects with Step-by-Step -step Illustrated Instructions. Oh, so, like, If you want to learn how to do this kind of stuff and really take it at a whole nother level, like she's geeked out at a whole different level than I. Um, and that this is actually not just, you know, weekend projects. This is actually like business for her. Um, so great book. And I got a you know page spread in there and, and oh. as well as uh, this other woman who does uh, the garden. So a little bit of coverage. I'll link to the book in the show notes. That's yeah. great. Yeah, it's it's weird. And you've become entrepreneurial a little bit on this as well. Um, you and yeah, I were at a, you and I were at a Christmas party of oh like five or six years ago, and it was just us. Our wives weren't there. And it was a gift exchange thing. And you actually brought a frame. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. I totally forgot that. Yeah. And yeah. and it was really interesting because it was one of those like games where like people would pass it on right. and, you know, and people really wanted your ice frame. <laughs> and you've actually started selling kits so that people can create their own. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, my wife has been bugging me to kind of, you know, do a side hustle uh, for a while. I was going, people want this. What, and not everyone is like you where like, I'm like, just, well, just grab some lumber out of your place. But not everyone just has scrap lumber kicking around or I don't have scrap of lumber. and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> whereas I'm a bit of a pack rat and I have crap like that around. So, yeah. So, yeah, I've started, I've made a few, uh, a few kits and, uh, and if someone wants to get going of making their own little ice art, I can set you up. Um, right. It's a, 
pretty simple little thing. I'll link to that too. For those who don't have lumber lying around, it's a nice tidy little package that all folds up and you can just store it in your shed and then make yourself some trees and water not included. Yeah, water not included. Yeah. Gotta provide that yourself. Oh, that's brilliant. Hey, one other thing when you're looking at geeky things to do with it. Um, I had one of my wife's friends was in from the States visiting us. She's I think down the south somewhere. So like this whole freezing stuff is really quite normal. <laughs> yeah. uh, but one of the things that is really fun to do is you take this ice sculpture that you have, this big tree, and on a cold, cold night, you go out with warm water and you pour a bucket of warm water over this thing now that it's standing up, right? Mm. And it creates thermal stress between mm. the surface temperature and the core temperature. Mm -hmm. And as you're pouring it over, it's like a gunshot. Pow! The whole thing shatters, but doesn't blow apart. Okay. You end up with all these hairline fractures that almost look like leaded glass that are just like all the way down through this whole block of ice. And oh, all the guys who are like genius. really serious about doing actual ice art, like the folks that are like carving swans that go yeah. on, you know, they're horrified by this idea. I had one of them chat with me on the street. Uh, <laughs> week ago i'm like oh have you ever done any of the thermal stress he's like no i'm like oh but it's so cool i like, oh you'd lose points you know because because he's into like competitive sculpturing or whatever which is yes. a complete no no you want flawless ice yeah i think imperfections quite frankly is what is the most interesting because sure. it's the imperfections that refract the light differently and all that good stuff right so you yes. pour water over it and it creates these incredible experiences of you know, the first time I did it, it was total accidental discovery. And I thought I was destroying my ice art. Uh, but now it's like, now I intentionally wreck it. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's really quite an experience. You don't wreck so, it. You make it better. I make it better. Exactly. Yes. It's our imperfections that make us unique and special. Exactly. Yeah. Ooh. Ice trees, people. So I will link to that. So people can, if people are interested in, sure. in getting that, um, I'll link that in the show notes as well. Are you ready for some fast four? Well, yeah good luck with me with my <laughs> of, uh, cultural references we'll, we'll we'll do my best okay what is something that you are currently a fan of that would surprise people uh, maybe not surprising but having never um followed a professional uh sport ever uh i've fallen deep for the raptors which really sucks this year because they're really struggling. But um, but there's this guy, William Liu. I, I listen to his podcast, uh, his deep brief of every game, as depressing as it might be these days. But uh, yeah, so that might not be surprising um, because people might assume that, hey, he does basketball, yeah. he would do this. But yeah. for me, that's, that's a very recent thing to actually follow a professional franchise and, uh, and not just follow it up, but kind of obsessively <laughs> listen to a pod on it. That's good. Um, what's your current favorite album, song, or band? You often introduce me to great stuff. Yeah, well, see, uh, most of my music experiences these days are shared with uh, Noah. Um, and uh, Noah has very particular tastes. Very, he, he's, he's got very good musical tastes. Yep. Um, so um, no, right now, for the last two years... Uh, pretty much my drive to the lake or my hot tub time with Noah um, is featuring Metric um, and or Michael Franti, 
or U2. Okay. <laughs> These are the three <laughs> albums that I've listened to or the three artists I've listened to over and over and over the last uh, two, three years. So, Okay. Now you've already given the preamble. You grew up in the bush. You're yeah. li limited exposure to things. When you come out of the bush and you, you enter the world, what is the first thing that you remember going, oh, I'm a fan of that. Like, I like that. TV, movies, after your slap shot, evangelical <laughs> horror films. <laughs> was the first thing you were like, wow, that was really cool. Uh, maybe, I'm not sure the first thing that was really cool. The first thing that I geeked out for, though, yeah. um, is uh, I think two years ago, mm -hmm. um, The Good Place. Great show. Um, great show i hated it at first oh i uh, absolutely could not like i i had a visceral negative reaction to the show i could not handle watching like the episodes are like whatever 25 minutes long i'm like i can't watch this crap it was triggering i found you know, one of the characters i thought was so overacting i did not know that there's a twist coming of course <laughs> if you haven't watched it and so i stopped watching it and my wife actually after watching the first season insisted like you've got just trust me watch all the way through to the first end of the first season right and so I did out of love and duty I watched it and then I fell for it hard I'm going this is freaking brilliant it's the first show that not only did I enjoy the show but it actually introduced me to the world of podcasting because hmm. then I found a pod on the show and so not only have I watched every episode of every season probably three times I have listened to every podcast for every season, for every episode, for every season. So that's the first time that I'm like, I have geeked out for something big time. Uh, I'll, so. I'll, I'll send you another podcast. A friend of mine uh, who does a, she does a Harry Potter podcast and a, a, a feminist podcast. Mm -hmm. Also is a co-host on, a, on a, a Good Place podcast. Oh, Last question. What is the geekiest thing you own? Well, I'm going to go back to the bush. <laughs> I have this old sign um, that says Cape Scott 13 kilometers. Like it's this like wood, chunk of wood that's uh, engraved. It's been through our house fire. So the back of the sign is literally oh. sooty still. Um, but I kept it. It's like, this isn't going in. And it's geeky. It's, it is a sign for um, a provincial park, um, not stolen. I legitimately had to replace the sign, uh, upgrading the signage back. Uh, I put myself through university by being a backcountry ranger, um, taking care of this wilderness park <clears throat> at the northern tip of Vancouver Island. So like that is like the geekiest thing I have um, that harkens back to a whole different world, a whole different life that I had. That is awesome. And I love that you you didn't steal it, you replaced it. I replaced it. Yeah, there's there's a better sign there now. Oh. Instead of just throwing it in the bush, I just packed it out. That's awesome. That that goes with also the whale vertebrae that also came from the same park. Okay, so that's pretty, yeah, that's pretty yeah. geeky as well. And my chiropractor actually told me where in the spine of the whale that vertebrae actually came from. But the whale vertebrae is definitely a, a noticeable thing in your living room. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't think I ever knew where it came from. From the beach. Thank you so much for doing this. This was so much fun. Hey, it was pleasure. just good to talk to you, actually. <laughs> Very good to talk to you. It's lovely to actually see you again. Humans. Oh, Humans. Yeah. Yeah. Where can people find you on social media if they're so inclined? Is there any place? Well, I just created the other night a fire and ice Facebook page. Uh, I think it works. Um, it seemed to work for me. 
Well, there you go. So if you type in fire and ice or Winnipeg fire and ice, you should be able to find there. And I've got some photos of it. Um, uh, and or if you're in Winnipeg, uh, I'm not that hard to find because um, it's pretty large in my front yard. Just ask a cabbie. Yeah, just ask a cabbie. I'll take you right there. Take a drive down Churchill Drive and you'll find me. Um, yeah, so that's how you can find me in the real world. Um, I also, you know, you can find well, the other parts of who I am on you know, the typical platforms. Uh, oh, here's, a, here's a lovely handle for you. Um, workplace conflict, woohoo, because that's what I do. <laughs> Workplaceconflict.ca is where you'll find my company's uh, Facilitate Solutions uh, website, and you can find me on LinkedIn and all that good stuff. So. And if I was ever in a workplace conflict, David is the only person I would want facilitating that. So yeah. there you go. There no, you that go. probably wouldn't work. So I'd have to have one of my Yeah, I know. Well, I it's, know yeah, it's a conflict of interest, but of interest. <laughs> you're the only person I'd want. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing this. Have a, have a good day. I'll talk to you later. Take care. Thank you for joining me on Geek4. You can follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Geek4Pod or me on Twitter at MWBoyce. If you listen on Apple Podcast, click the subscribe button and consider leaving a five-star review. Be sure to join us next time when we learn what someone else is a geek for. <laughs> <laughs>